Jimi Hendrix experience is over. The acid rock musician died today in a London hospital, apparently from an overdose of drugs. During his short career, Hendrix flailed his <clears throat> electric guitar into some of the most unusual sounds of an unusual music. A report now from ABC's Gregory Jackson. If you're much over 30, the odds are you never heard of Jimi Hendrix, or only dimly, perhaps a loud voice on the car radio. But take it for fact, in just the past four years, Jimi Hendrix became one of the best-known, highest-paid artists in recording history. An astonishing performer whose on-stage gyrations could make Elvis Presley look like a P.E. teacher. And it may well be that the story of Jimi Hendrix is a small picture of the overall explosive power and wealth of rock. The son of a Seattle gardener, James Marshall Hendrix quit school at 16, but before he was 20, he was touring the country as a backup guitarist for other rock groups. In 1966, a manager discovered him in a Greenwich Village bar, took him to Europe, formed a group, and just nine months later, Jimi Hendrix returned world famous. At rock festivals, Hendrix was paid $50,000 for a single performance. His album sold in the millions. He should have been a millionaire. It's not known whether he saved his money, but it is known that today, Jimi Hendrix is dead, an overdose. He was 28. This is Gregory Jackson, ABC News, New York. Welcome, you cunts. Hey, was, hey, hey, UK listeners. Was that clip recorded with a toaster? <laughs> I think so. Jeez. <laughs> oh, well, it was 1970, folks. Welcome to the Conspiracy Therapy Podcast with Ryan, Larry, Springhill, Josh, and the Illuma Mommy. She's back. And on today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the Jimi Hendrix Death Spiracy.
Well, all the gentlemen at the table had a mini orgasm. April was giggling the whole time. <laughs> it was really interesting because each one of you picked an instrument and we had like a full. Wait, who was band. who? Um, that was Jimmy. Yep. Yeah. Ryan was Jimmy. I think we were both being Jimmy. Yeah, I think yeah. we were both Jimmy. I was the drummer. Yep. You do, yeah. I play some mean air shaker. You you're, do. I like I, that. That was a mean air maraca. You appreciate the maraca happening. I do. But you're a rhythm guy, so that's that's understandable. Josh is a bit of a bass bass guy, but he's also a guitar player. Little known fact. Well, yeah, I play guitar for 17 years, so true story. We're all musicians. <laughs> Even April likes uh-huh. to play the clam flute. I don't know what the <laughs> wow. I don't I know. <laughs> the what? <laughs> clam flute. I don't. I don't know where I was going I, I with that. Don't you mean skin flute? Oh yeah, I, sure. I do like playing the skin flute. Uh, <laughs> you already got a high pitched Josh laughing there. So mm-hmm. here we start. are. We're back in the Shoop Kitchen studio. Last week we missed you, April. I know I missed you guys too. It was weird listening to the episode and not, not being on it. Not being able. But to you follow. were. Were you making comments? Like like you were actually on the show as you're listening to it. Yes. Yeah, I do. I do <laughs> yeah. the same thing. I listen back to it. And I'm like Ryan, slow down. Last of the week was tequila. Ryan, oh my God, Get there hit. there may be some clips for the best of that. Can hear some might. icebergs crashing into the side of that cup. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Aww. But it was a great episode. We had a great time with the Serial Chillers guys. You should check out their show, Serial Chillers Podcast. So. Truth Corner. Let's pull the Camaro to the side of the road. I'm thinking 1970s, probably some sort of muscle car. Let's get real with it. How much do you think it would rule to be a rock star in the 70s? <laughs> 10 out of 10? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> what would you, what, if you could be, could have been in any band? Pink any, Floyd. Okay. Pink Floyd, bass, guitar. Which one? Keys. I'm not about to try and play rhythm for Gilmore, so I'll do Roger Waters. Do some bass. bass and vocals. Right on. April. Um, yeah, that'd be a 10. That'd be pretty fun mm-hmm. to just kind of let loose and do foot loose. Yeah. Exactly. You could just like, yeah. You could like I'm trying to picture us all in the 70s. Larry's kind of got the hair with the bandana. I going. can pull the ha- the look off for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think we all need to chip in and get Larry a leisure suit. Oh, God. Leisure suit Larry? Yep. Oh, man, that would be so <laughs> awesome. I'm totally not against that either. Yeah. I, yep. I tell you we what. We do live events. I'll wear it. Oh. I wouldn't be opposed to all of us having it. Oh, God. I, even April. I feel, oh, great. Thank you. I, I can't help but in my head, because you're you actually now I look, think about it. You with the beard. You could facilitate the seventies. I think he like if I oh, if I'm just going on Lux, he's 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 with Mountain. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mississippi Queen. <laughs> and then I'm picturing April like Janis Joplin style yep. with like yep. a tambourine just banging on it oh, up against yeah. it, like the 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 microphone. Ryan looks like Pink Floyd. I would probably do the Pink Floyd mm-hmm. thing. Well, that's why we're related. We're huge Pink Floyd mm-hmm. fans. Josh has actually got a Dark Side of the Moon tattoo, mm-hmm. and. That was one of the first CDs I bought was Dark Side of the Moon, which is, according to the last time I checked, was the longest running Billboard top album album mm-hmm. of all time. I believe it still holds that record because it was more than Michael Jackson's Thriller. Impressive. Mm-hmm. I think Thriller sat on number one the longest, but 
uh, Dark Side of the Moon was just in the charts mm-hmm. the longest. Yeah. Larry, what do you think? Rockstar in the seventies. <laughs> ten out of ten, which is about <laughs> how long. If I'm lucky, my career would have lasted before I would have died of some sort of overdose. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> because it wouldn't have been put in check. Yeah, you know what I mean. No one put that sort of behavior in check back then, which would have just given me the green light. Plus, there wouldn't have been those like nowadays where it's like everywhere you look, there's like warnings, Surgeon General mm. warnings, like don't mix, don't mix downers and uppers with wine and and uh, hallucinogenics. And they need to put like you know how they put some pictures like I know in Australia they put the uh, pictures of the lungs on the boxes of uh, cigarettes. cigarettes mm-hmm. Yeah. McDonald's needs to put pictures of those people from my 600 pound life <laughs> on the right. boxes of the big man. Yep. So what band would you be in, Larry? <sighs> man, that I would like to be in in the 70s? Gosh, uh Grateful Dead. Yeah. No. Oh. If I you know what, I'm going to I'm going to try to guess cuz oh. I think I know you pretty good. I would say like a like Santana, like the like the Black Magic Woman doing some mm, like crazy rhythm section stuff, or like keys. It would have to be yeah something with a little, a little soul, soul in it. Yeah, yeah. and we're talking Definitely. like pre like get some horns. In. I love oh, a good yeah. horn section. Oh yeah. Yeah, me and Josh definitely Pink Floyd. I would actually almost say 70s. I love 70s funk music. James oh, Brown. Dude, yeah, James, James Brown. <sighs> What kind of conspiracy could we do with James Brown in the future? Can he speak English? <laughs> nice. He was. Like, I yeah. do want to get a, get into that Stevie Wonder whether or not he's blind. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a conspiracy. Oh God, I love. It. Just to play. You didn't know that? No, I did. There's like a video of somebody throwing him something, him catching it. So which is kind of began the. <laughs> Well, I feel like he's Daredevil. He's got like extra senses. He's like a superhero. He's probably been hit in the head by lots of things. He just learned to catch. Like, he- <laughs> I remember hearing a rumor that supposedly like his right hand ma- hand men back in the day used to like tell him whether or not a chick was hot because he didn't want to mess with them if, <laughs> if they weren't like smoking hot. <laughs> you can't tell just by yeah, the feel of the face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would laugh. See, can you imagine you're a blind woman and you go to t- you touch? You're not sure what part of the body of Josh mm-hmm. you're touching right away. You just with put, the face. Oh, yeah. You just not, put your balls right in her hand with your dick, and you're yeah. like, uh, "That's my nose and my chin." Honestly, it's always kind of a crapshoot when I'm cleaning the bathroom because it is it an armpit hair? Is it a back hair? Is it a pube? Is it a beard hair? Now I've kind of learned to gauge them all by length. Mm. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, I, yeah. I did the beard thing for a while, but you start eating it, and it's like, nope, it's got to go. No. I had to pull one out of our cat's mouth the other day. One of his beard hairs. <laughs> the cat's flossing with yeah. pubes. I it was like hanging out of the corner of her mouth, right? So I grabbed it, and it was one of those things where it was like so, the uh, uh, one like, of the, like, the, the gag reflex a bit. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those like. <laughs> Clown bandana situations oh. where I pulled and I just kept coming and coming and coming and for my next trick, meow meow. <laughs> was, oh lord, it was pretty vile. Bad pussy. All right, so Robert, Jimi Hendrix, oh, yeah, arguably one of the greatest guitar players of all time, up there in the same pantheon as Townsend, Page. I mean. All the greats. Prince, we were talking about Prince mm-hmm. when we got here because Josh is on a purple rain Clapton. kick. Clapton. Clapton, who had interesting things to say after he died because he actually brought him a left-handed Stratocaster the night he died to give to his friend. Clapton Jimmy almost Hendrix. quit 
the first time he saw Hedrix live. He was like, I, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and the <laughs> it interview, shook him. It did. It shook him to his core. Well, he said actually in that same interview that I saw on YouTube that his child jumping never, off a window. No. Yeah, that was he wrote a hit song from that. That's mm-hmm. cool. But his friend in music who destroyed like literally shook him to his core. He basically looked at it and said, fuck, I don't ever want to hear about him again because it tears me up so bad. No. And that was that was the truth. The guy was a legend. There's a reason little little Ryan in high school had a poster of Jimi Hendrix in his room, just like I'm sure Josh had some some sort of Hendrix experience oh, yeah. stuff lying around. I assume a Pokemon poster it was in Josh's room I, as a kid. Did you have a Pokemon poster? I sure did. I see. <laughs> oh, God. The elusive cuntwatapus. <laughs> gotta catch them all. Yay. I got his TDs now. Yeah. And I got the clap. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, you know what we got to do first. We got to take ourselves back in time to when mm. our Slayer of Guitars did die. To kind of get a feel for the year, because he died later in the year, and there's a lot to cover from 1970. So, it's time for Larry's Time Capsule. Now it's time for us to open up the Time Capsule. 1970. And as usual, we begin with... Music! January 4th. The Who drummer, Keith Moon, fatally runs over his chauffeur with his Bentley trying to escape a mob outside a pub. The death is later ruled an accident. January 9th, Led Zeppelin performs at the Royal Albert Hall. John Bonham plays a 15-minute redend- rendition of Moby Dick, which I love that song. I oh, do, too. Oh, yeah. Bam, 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 Sorry. Speaking of good stripper songs. Oh, yeah. January 14th, Diana Ross and the Supremes perform for the last time together at the Frontier Hotel in Las Vegas. Oh, Diana. January 26th, Simon and Garfunkel released their final album together, Bridge Over Trouble Water. That title, track, and album stayed number one on the Billboard charts for six weeks and go on to win a record six Grammys at the 13th Grammy Awards, including Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Album of the Year. January 27th, Miles Davis makes... The final recordings for experimental album Circle in the Round. I love Miles Davis. Miles Davis is a genius. February 13th, English band Black Sabbath. Okay, Dolly Parton, I love you, but you're putting me to sleep. Titties. May, uh, I'm sorry, for February 13th, English rock band Black Sabbath released their self-titled album in the UK, credited as the first major album in the heavy metal genre. March 6th, cult leader and suspected murderer Charles Manson releases an album titled Lie, the Love and Terror Cult to help finance his defense. Wow, hmm. I didn't know that. That's interesting. March 7th, Mountain, one of the many bands credited for having an influence in the development of heavy metal music, releases Climbing, their debut album. Awesome album. Yep. March 19th, David Bowie marries model Angela Barnett. Okay, April. yeah. April 10th, Paul McCartney publicly announces the breakup of the Beatles. Boo! The death of music. April 17th, Johnny Cash performs at the White House at the invitation of Richard Nixon. Nerd! April 20th, Paul McCartney's first solo album, McCartney, is released. 
April 24th, Grace Slick of Jefferson Airplane is invited to a tea party at the White House by Tricia Nixon, daughter of U.S. President Richard Nixon. Slick arrives at the party with Abby Hoffman, who is on trial for conspiring, conspiring to riot at the 1968 Democrat National Convention. The pair plan to spike Nixon's teacup with a heavy, heavy dose of LSD. Nice. Of course. Slick, who is recognized and is told by the to leave because she is on the FBI list. Oh, man. May 8th, the Beatles' last LP, Let It Be, is released. You like that album, Josh? I liked it when they re-released it with all, all the... Bonus stuff. Yeah, it was called Let It Be Naked. <laughs> yeah, I really like that one a little bit more. Josh June, is a big Beatles guy. June 7th, The Who play two shows of Tommy at the New York Metropolitan I love Tommy. Opera House. October 4th, Janis Joplin is found dead in her bedroom in the Landmark Motor Hotel in Hollywood. She died of a heroin overdose. Wow. October 30th, Jim Morrison of the Doors found guilty of indecent exposure and profanity because of his behavior during a March 1st, 1969 concert where he whipped out his dong. Is sentenced to eight months of hard labor. One inch. One, one year, one month for every inch. December 12th, the Doors play their final concert with singer Jim Morrison at the warehouse in New Orleans, Louisiana. After the concert, the Doors decide that they cannot play live anymore due to Morrison's unpredictable persona. Births. You want to feel old? Sure. January 12th, Zach Della Roca. And Raekwon of the Wu-Tang Clan. Zach Della Roca. I got to say, one of my first albums I ever owned was the first Rage Against the Machine album. Mm-hmm. I really want to like Prophets of Rage, but I don't. Mm. I love Tom Morello, but it just doesn't sound good without Zach. Yeah. It's really a full package. You got to have that guy to make it work. Sorry. I liked Audio Slave, though. Chris Cornell did a great job. Some of the stuff was hokey, but Zach De La Rocha is so much of what makes them great. Sorry, there was actually there was one more record I wanted to bring up because I know all at least three of us here probably love this record. Zeppelin Three came out in 1970. Yeah, I was going to... I'm sorry. I, <laughs> my, whose segment is this? My goodness. I'm sorry. I thought you were done with. Josh is getting high pitched. Yeah, three more pages. He's telling me I'm done. <laughs> Way to produce. Now it's time for pop culture. He's telling the producer of the show how to produce the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. March 17th, Gene Ween of Ween. <gasps> I love Ween. March 18th, Queen Latifah. Jeez. March 27th, Mariah Carey. What? Mm. In 1970? Wait yeah. a minute. So she's 12 years older than me? Yeah. She's almost 50 and like... Mm-hmm. Two- yeah. Mariah. Ah. She's on fire because her joints are getting old as shit. <laughs> uh, what? Led Zeppelin releases... Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> April 5th, Mihu Hattori of Chibomato. If you know who they are. They're really good. The, the uh, Her other bandmate in that band plays keyboards for uh, the Gorillas. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. April 10th, Mike Mushak of Stained. April 20th, Fife Dog of uh, Tribe Called Quest was yeah, born. Yeah, baby. April 26th, T-Boz of TLC. May 9th, Ghostface Killa of the Wu-Tang Clan. It's crazy that the Wu-Tang Clan is pretty soon going to get their ARP cards. Yeah, no kidding. They're getting old as shit, guys. May 17th, Jordan Knight of New Kids on the Block. Now old men yelling at the new kids on the block. Get off my lawn. My name's Joey Fatone. May 18th. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait. He was not in New Kids on the Block. He was an NSYNC. You All right, look, up. I just yell at people for liking NSYNC and Backstreet Boys because I'm that old. 
Okay. I remember that there were new kids and... That they were on a block. And they were on a block. (laughs) May 18th, Billy Howardell of Perfect Circle. Oh, yes. Killer guitarist, too. June 2nd, Be Real of Cypress Hill. June 10th, Mike Doty of Soul Coughing, one of my favorite bands. Very good. And June 13th, Rivers Cuomo. Oh, wow. These are really influential musicians for us, too. June 22nd, Stephen Page of Bare Naked Ladies. Mm. I like them. They had some good songs. They have some, okay, <laughs> and and it's because my wife loves them, and eventually, oh, I just, it, it just kind of grew up. Yeah. yeah. June, July eighth, back. My hero. August nineteenth, Fat Joe. Is he still alive? Yeah. August thirty first, Debbie Gibson. Oh my Ooh. God, Blondie. <laughs> September seventh, Chad Sexton of Three Eleven. Mm. September 9th, Macy Gray, who I love. Yeah. September 23rd, she was hot for a second. Annie DeFranco. Oh, coffee shops rejoice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> October 15th, Genuine. November 20th. Come on in, get on it, ride in my pony. I remember that song and being like, <laughs> yeah, this is cool. That's a I just male learned stripper how to, song. I just, I just learned how to masturbate, and this is the kind of song <laughs> that girls want to gyrate on my wee-wee. <laughs> November 20th, Q-Tip of Tribe Called Quest. December 2nd, Tretch of Naughty by Nature. December 14th, Beth Orton. She's a great folk singer. Folk singer, yeah. December 18th, DMX. Hey, we have the same birthday. His version of Rudolph the Reindeer, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is great. Here's some <laughs> movies. Maybe we should throw Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer DMX on our Christmas episode. We will. Yep. We will. <laughs> See if you know these movies. Love Story. Uh, no. Airport. No. That's. Is it any way tied to Airplane? A no. great American Dean film? Martin was in it. Oh, no. MASH. I've never seen it. I've always wanted to, though. Patton. Yes. Woodstock. Yes. I've never. Is, it's a, is it a documentary? Yes. Okay. Little, I've watched clips. Little Big Man. Mm-mm. Ryan's Daughter. I have. I am Ryan, and I do have two, three daughters. Tora, Tora, Tora. <laughs> yes. Chariots of the Gods. Nope. And the Aristocrats. The Walt Disney version. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Some actors. This will, again, make you feel old. Oh, God. January 29th, Heather Graham. <sighs> She's so hot still. January 31st, Mini Driver. Hmm. February 14th, Simon Pegg. I love oh, him. Mm-hmm. He's great. Mm-hmm. March 28th, Vince Vaughn. I love him too. Still, April thirteenth, Ricky Schroeder. Oh boy! April twenty fifth, Jason Lee. Oh, oh April oh, R.I.P. Jason Lee, the guy that got the skateboarder turned actor. Oh My no, name no, is no, Earl. He's a Scientologist, okay. actually. So, so yeah, I'll rest in peace. I'll rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> Future episode. April 29th, Uma Thurman. May fourth, one of my favorite funny men, Will Arnett. Yes, love him. Love May, Will Arnett. May eighteenth, Tina Fey. Amazing. May 22nd, Naomi Campbell. What does she do again? She's a model. Looks good. July 30th, Christopher Nolan. Amazing director. August 5th, James Gunn. Oh. Okay. uh, Do we want to comment on him? Go for it. It's your show, brother. I will say this. I love James Gunn, but it was before Guardians of the Galaxy. I loved Slither, which is one of his early horror movies, and it is so much schlock, but so much fun. It's one of those rare, like, prosthetic effects movies where it's not all about CG, Mm -hmm. 
and it's super fun and it's got Nathan Fillion in it playing the lead like the sheriff I mean if you guys like Firefly and you loved Guardians of the Galaxy imagine that kind of a mashup yeah. happening because Nathan Fillion is all charismatic and like amazing as this character and plus Michael Rooker who he cast as the blue dude in Guardians of the Galaxy in two of the movies he is actually I think mostly the villain in Slither it's a phenomenal horror movie also James Gunn honestly made Guardians of the Galaxy my favorite like pretty much my favorite Marvel franchise mm-hmm. and don't make pedo jokes don't make them he fucked unless up unless you're a stand up comedian because they have the ability to wrap it up nicely but the, here's the thing my personal opinion is that free speech is slowly being eliminated and the oh, things no. that I said when I was fu- when I was nine years old picking my nose doesn't mean I can't if you can say what you want just don't be surprised if somebody doesn't like it mm, true but I just think that in his defense here's a here's the thing I say stay the fuck off of Twitter true story I mean really all mm-hmm. these people are getting in trouble yep because they gotta put everything on Twitter that's true don't post anything that somebody yeah. can find offensive August 6th M. Night Shyamalan he was good for half a second I like him yeah I love Split I thought that was a big return actually I thought The Visit was the big return when he did the grandma crazy grandma mm. and oh, grandpa yeah. movie it was super creepy August 16th writer, director, actor, producer in front of the show Andy Shatner Yay! August 18th, Malcolm Jamal Warner. August 23rd, Jay Moore. Underrated funny man, I think. Very mm-hmm. very funny guy, actually. Uh, River Phoenix as well. Rest in peace. R.I.P. August 26th, Melissa McCarthy. October Funny girl. October 2nd, Kelly Ripper. She's been ripping them. October 8th, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. October 12th, heartthrob Kirk Cameron. <laughs> Fucking oh, goofy. Uh, October 19th, leading man, Chris Kattan. <laughs> Do you know what's funny to think about? The fact that when they put out Night at the Roxbury, it was a vehicle for Chris Kattan to become a big star. Star. Will, but Will, Will was Ferrell was a supporting his, actor. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a support. But it's a funny movie if you go back and watch it. I haven't seen it. It, it looks it so worked. bad. I love it because Richard Gre- Grieco is in it. Mm-hmm. And he's it, the big joke with him is like, you're not famous anymore. But on the same time, it's like... 10, 20 years later, it's like, who the fuck is Chris Kattan? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and on November 6th, Ethan Hawke. Good actor. Here's some television programs that you could have found in your TV guide. Bonanza. Bozo the Clown. Mm. Candid Camera. Captain Kangaroo. General Hospital. Gunsmoke. Hawaii Five-O. Hee-haw. <laughs> Laughing, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible. Uh, these guys called Monty Python's Flying Circus. The best. The Benny Hill Show. I like it. It's good. It's good silly stuff. It is very silly. The Beverly Hillbillies. The Brady Bunch. The Carol Burnett Show, which was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Uh, and The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson and Tom and Jerry. Some news things that happened. February 17th, the McDonald family massacre. Jeffrey McDonald kills his wife and children at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, claiming that drugged-out hippies did it. Interesting. Uh, May March 18th, the United States Postal Service workers in New York City go on strike. The strike spreads across uh, the nation. Uh, over two, two, 210,000 postal employees walk out. President Nixon assigns the military to post offices, oh, oh. and the strike lasts all of two weeks. <laughs> May 4th, the Kent State shootings. 
Ooh. And on June 22nd, Richard Nixon signs a measure lowering the voting age to 18. Hmm. What was it before? 21. October 2nd, the Wichita State University football team plane crashes in Colorado, killing most of the players. October 5th, PBS starts broadcasting. Hmm. On October 26th, Cherry, Gary Trudeau's comic strip Doonesbury debuts and nobody laughs. <laughs> November has a sell rate of zero laughs up to 2018 as well. And on December 23rd, the North tower of the world trainer center is topped out at 1,368 feet, making it the tallest building in the world at the time. Wow. Ah, yes. Sports fans. Super bowl. Ivy Kansas city chiefs, one twenty three seven of the Minnesota Vikings. In baseball, June 12th, Doc Ellis of the Pittsburgh Pirates throws a no-hitter on LSD. Check the EFIS. We did cover that. Yep. And in the World Series, the American League Baltimore Orioles win their second world title by defeating the Cincinnati Reds four games to one. And in the NBA, the Knicks beat the Los Angeles Lakers four games to three. Silly girls, they never know you, except for the Aluma mommy. She knows all. I know you everything. <laughs> Enough to blackmail us. Yep. <laughs> Probably. I'd say so. But that's why we love her, and she's our B B B M F. Mm, ma- I don't. I can't come up with acronyms right now. I was going to say she's our bestest mom friend. B M F. B M F. She's my W F. Your wife World. friend forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Give us some acronyms, folks. All right, here we go. We're going to dive into it. So Jimi Hendrix, obviously, is a big icon. When it comes to music, it influences in rock, soul, R&B, funk. Some would say even, I mean, obviously, quintessentially psychedelic, but also hip-hop. some would say hip hop. Yeah. Beastie Boys of- love to sample him. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, he... The thing about it is, the amazing thing about an amp and a guitar is that occasionally you can get tonally some of these unreal sounds. And I love that we started with Voodoo Child because that has one of the greatest distorted rips I've ever heard in a song ever. And hands down, I don't know how he does it, especially going from like a wah effect to like just this crunchy, overly saturated, just full like... I call it kind of like a peanut butter sound. It's so thick mm-hmm. when it hits your ears. It just makes it get, I always puts like the hairs on the back of my neck up ah! just like that. Yeah. When I get scared because April jumps out around the corner. Uh-huh. But anyway, so Woodstockstory.com has a really good breakdown about this whole situation. And basically what we're covering today is that we, what if dude was murdered? I mean, most people say 27 year old, rock musician at the top of his game. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got to kill himself because mm-hmm. that's what they all do, right? It's required. Or if there's like a famous actor like Heath Ledger, I think he was 27 when he died. Mm-hmm. Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin. Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. Can we think of any other ones? River Phoenix was 27 as well, right? Wow, yep. That's crazy. Wasn't, um, what's her face? The girl that died a couple years ago, big, uh, Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. Yep. Wasn't she? Yep. Yep, I know that for a fact because when she died, died from the house, line. they're like, she's 27. Ladies and gentlemen, watch God, out. What a voice. Great. Mm-hmm. 
I love the fact that she was doing something different too. Yeah. That people really seem to appreciate mm-hmm. too. Alcohol is a problem. Sing, really, sing, Ryan, sing tell it. us all about it. <laughs> Sigs that 2018 has issues with that himself. He's got to be good about it. Switching to beer is the is the way. So Scotch no. will be next week. No. Too hard it seems to lead the show generally in the right direction. So Jimi Hendrix. He was an icon, like I said, to this day, everybody remembers him. I mean, if you say, do you know who Jimi Hendrix is? To most people, I would say at least above 20, they know what you're talking about. He's synonymous with just about every one of the greats. Um, he was considered to be, by many, one of the most influential rock guitarists of all time. His showmanship, as well as his technical prowess, remains unmatched, and des- despite a mere... Five albums, only five. His music is which by twenty seven is actually quite a bit, dude. When I was twenty seven, I had an EP out in my band, Light to See, which I thought was amazing at the time because it like sound quality. It was so much fun to record and do. But like, I'm thirty six. I still I only have one full length that I've ever been a part of mm-hmm. that I've put out. Like it takes time. By the way, check out soundcloud.com slash big old britches. Mm, I've heard of that guy. Mm-hmm. You might see something in the future. We're trying to push him. I think if we throw it out in the ether, the more the more he hears about it, the more he he'll I'm he'll, working on it. I know. I'm mastering. I just love you, buddy. I just want you to get on it. So it's fun to make music, but this motherfucker had five albums. Before he died. Now, he died on September 18th in 1970, slightly a year following his legendary performance at the Woodstock Music Festival. Can you imagine being at Woodstock 69? Mm. I don't think they remember. I was going to say, I don't think I would have remembered. <laughs> I think I would have got all the STDs and then just rolled home like, oops. And then smoked my brains out so I didn't have to think about the fact that I was like crawling with like, Parasites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's mud. Mm-mm. No, it's mm-hmm. not. No, it hurts. You got it the critters. Not mud. I got the critters. <laughs> Josh is with the funny words. Okay, so after a couple days of missing, Hendrix was found dead at the flat of his girlfriend, Monica Danaman. Now, there's conflicting reports between Monica and the official autopsy. So the autopsy revealed large quantities of red wine in his stomach along with his lungs. I don't know if he was just laughing his dick off before he died, but shit doesn't go into my lungs like that mm-hmm. unless I'm smoking, but I don't know what he was doing. So the official cause of death was recorded as inhalation of vomit and barbiturate mm. intoxication. Asphyxiation. He's on his back and puked and went right back. Does anybody down. else have that problem? Like John Bonham? That he ouch. He did. He he dabbled. Now I'm curious. <laughs> oh, it takes once. Yeah. I'm curious though, like with you guys, or even our listeners, you guys can chime in on something in the future. Does anybody else have the issue that if you're drinking, and this might be something for you guys when you were like in your early twenties, but you're drinking and then you switch to weed. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm, I'm, I get so sick, like quick. Sick, really? Well, if I'm drinking mm-hmm. and then I puff, puff, give, usually that sends me into like I don't, I have, I don't know if it's my inner ear th- balance thing, mm-hmm. but like I'll just, I'll get too spinny because I'm like I'm, I'm high and I'm drunk. I'm high and I'm drunk, but and I have to go to bed. 
It's not good to mix the two. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. It won't kill you, but it, it's it's. I say well, it shouldn't if, kill him. It shouldn't. I say if you limit it, maybe you're you're fine. But I'm thinking I got too drunk and then probably smoked but, and then got but that's really two downers. Stoked. Yeah, yeah. I think you're, you'd be fine if maybe you only had a, like a couple beers and that. Or mm. but if you're, you're drinking, doing doing rum Ryan, and then you switch to like start with the weed, yeah. and then you can taste yourself with the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just start with the weed. Papa Larry explains how to do it when you're drinking <laughs> and smoking. Exactly, kids. Be safe out there. Get Larry the is our resident stoner, or kind of, but he likes to dabble occasionally. <laughs> I didn't know if I'd ever use that drop. There it is. I love it. I love it. Okay, so... That's uh, perfect. We all praise the soundboard. So, the, refact, the recorded facts paint a vague portrait of Hendrix's death, and the events surrounding the incident leave a lot of questions unanswered. Did Jimi Hendrix simply fall victim to the excessive lifestyle in which many other musicians have met their doom, or is there more to his death than meets the eye? And that's why we do this show, folks. So, on the morning of his death, girlfriend Danaman, or Monica, claims to have woken up to find Hendrix sleeping normally and proceeded to go out for cigarettes. Upon return, her story states that she found that Hendrix had gotten sick and was having trouble breathing. She called Eric Burdon of the Animals. Yeah. Is that me and what? Something underneath there? You and Marty. Okay. <laughs> Fans of the Ephus, there's a little Marty in there. That's, that's, that's what it's like to sleep in a hotel room with us. It's beautiful, man. Yeah. No, that's what it's like to not sleep in a hotel room. With yeah, you guys. that's that's. <laughs> why do you think I was the one up recording that? <laughs> anyway, so upon return, her story states that she found that Hendrix had gotten sick and was having trouble breathing. She called Eric Bernana the animals who they had partied with the night before. He demanded that she call an ambulance. Danaman claims that the ambulance arrived at around eleven thirty a.m and that she rode with Hendrix on the way to the hospital where he suffocated on, en route. Now, the, rec- the recollection of the ambulance attendants are a direct contradiction of this because they claim that the apartment was empty except for Hendrix lying dead on the bed. After an unsuccessful attempt at revival, they pronounced him dead. The autopsy failed to conclude the time of death, but it was evident that Hendrix had been dead for some time before the paramedics actually arrived. Now, Eric Burdon initially claimed that Hendrix's death was a suicide, but the facts also contradict this notion. Despite Hendrick's increasingly erratic behavior, he was getting very paranoid during this time. And the dark circumstances that were present in his life, close friends claimed that he was relatively happy at the time. Hendricks was found with nine Vesperax sleeping pills in his system, Ooh. which are said to contribute to his death. He was a chronic insomniac, which sucks. Does anybody out there or here in current shoot kitchen studio fashion have insomnia? Oh, Ye- regularly. Yep. Just ride it out. Eventually get you'll you'll fall asleep. Mm-hmm. You do? Yeah. See, but I always have that problem where I'm laying in bed and I look at the clock and I'm like, okay, if I fall asleep right now, I'll get three hours Don't do and 42 that. minutes of sleep. I know. And if it's that's so all you get, hard to turn your brain off. If that's all you get, then that's all you get. The next yeah. day you'll you'll probably get more. Your mm-hmm. body will your body will sleep. What about you, Josh? From time to time, I'll get it. Um, not right now, though. I, I lately I've been able to fall asleep like within two, within five minutes of actually trying to go to sleep. Mm. It's yeah. really nice. That's good, Joshua. <laughs> All right, so 
there were those pills in his, his system which are said to contribute to his death. He was a chronic insomniac who was res- resistant to the effects of barbiturates and would not have felt such disastrous effects from nine pills. I'm going to guess that he probably didn't keep a normal sleeping pattern either. Mm-hmm. And it's probably more of a self-induced insomnia. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when you have that type of like insane kind of you're you're a musician on the road in the 70s all the all the blowjobs and pancakes you could ever want it's it's hard to it's hard to imagine what it would be like if all of a sudden you know you had like a normal sleeping schedule right because it's not going to happen so um he's not going to bed after murder she wrote so, <laughs> sorry. He was also found with a pack of 42 Vesperax, which are those uh, sleeping pill. Yeah. Um, they were in his pocket, which would rule out suicide, according to people who looked into this. Because if Hendrix was intent on self termination, it assumed that he would have taken all of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Nine wasn't enough. Yeah, what are you saving the rest for? Right. Well, maybe if I die and my ghost wants sleeping pills, I don't know. <laughs> I'm Jimi Hendrix. Check out my whiff. (laughs) Granted, mixing alcohol with downers is asking for trouble, of course, but the amount of red wine found in Hendrix's lungs suggests something more gruesome. It's extremely rare that someone who intends on a night of hard drinking binges with such rapidity with the alcohol actually reaching the lungs. The low blood alcohol content in comparison with the amount of wine found in Hendrick's body meant that the ingestion of the wine was so quick that it didn't even have time to enter his bloodstream. Oh, jeez. Is there... Do you have, like, how much he drank or how much was in his system? No, I don't. I might be able to pull that up in the second segment, but from what I researched and what I read and what I listened to... I've had it was like an entire bottle of wine. It mm, was like... Indeed. It was like... um. How do I break it? It was like he ingested a like a mass amount in one moment. That oh, makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay it didn't look because if it's not all in his bloodstream, it's not like he drank all night, which mm-hmm. is weird. It sounds like almost he <laughs> was like fucked up on downers, like bar- the barbiturates, and then all of a sudden he was just like bottoms up and took it all in like one stride, which is like kind of explains the way the autopsy worked out, but at the same time, I think... I do think there's things that are fishy about this. He may have blacked out and just downed the bottle of wine. Yeah. True. Maybe he was just trying to slow down that night, but then the stroke m- muscle kicked in and was like, you better put some fucking wine in your gullet because you're an alcoholic. <laughs> he got up, slammed a whole bottle of wine, and then died. <laughs> R.I.P., buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I know I, I wish he was. I I do. I honestly do wish this. I, I need death spirit. I don't want anybody to die. But this is somebody I definitely wish would have been still around to this day. Could have been in like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, even though I think he is. Didn't research that. Oops, I'm a bad host. Anyway, so now there were many people who believed to benefit who were believed to benefit from him being removed. The Cointelpro or counterintelligence program designed by the FBI was aimed at eliminating subversive behavior within the country. Hendricks appeared at subversive benefits resulted in the FBI opening a dossier on him. His ability to motivate masses were seen by 
Cointel Pro as less than innocuous. Hendrick's connection to manager Mike Jeffrey only furthered his surveillance by the FBI. Jeffrey had on numerous occasions alluded to being uh, connected to underground organizations. He was in the process of building a recording studio in part of New York, which was primarily mob controlled, which I'll bring up in another segment. In addition, Cynthia McKinney, U.S. House Representative Green Party nominee for President of the United States in 2008, has pinned Hendricks' murder on a government plot to eradicate such leaders. Moreover, Hendricks had publicly called upon the Black Panther Party to go to Washington, D.C. and shoot the place up. That's a bad idea. The web, Black Panther. The web of unsavory individuals and circumstances surrounding Hendricks raises even more questions about his death. It was reported that Mike Jeffrey was intent on manipulating Hendricks's life as well as siphoning his money into his own offshore bank accounts. There is also a mention of a million dollar life insurance policy covering Hendricks and listing Jeffrey as the beneficiary. Although Jeffrey was in Spain during Hendricks's death, conspiracy theorists speculate that he may have had part in it. Jimi Hendrix was not a drug addict. He did not die of a heroin or overdose, as was initially printed in some publications, as the cause of death. The fact stands that Hendrix did die of choking on his own vomit, but whom or what induced this? <laughs> did Cointel Pro off Hendrix in order to prevent subversion? Did mob connections between Jeffrey put Hendrix in the line of mob violence? Did Jeffrey his uh, manager orchestrate his death for the purpose of royalties and a hefty insurance policy. These questions will probably never be answered. The deaths of Jeffrey in a mysterious midair collision over France in 1973. Oops. Oh, suck it, <laughs> Oh shit. Another one of our planes has crashed into a big giant French ride. Oh, chief. That is another plane. Oh shit. <laughs> we fucking fucked this up. We are the French. Let's take a nap. It was that pilot's first 90 days. If we have any French <laughs> listeners out there. Oh, it just flew it into a building. <laughs> God damn it. It was that guy flying the plane. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, these questions probably never be answered. Also, Monica, his girlfriend, committed suicide in 1996. And few people were present at the time of Hendrick's death to offer information. What was that? Suicide. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I just hurt your dog. I stepped on his toe. I hope you feel horrible. All of a sudden, your dog just like immediately cowers underneath my ankles and my wrists all the time. Just waiting for me to like just pet him. If I don't pet him, he yipes. He's super needy. Is very needy. Lando is needy. If you haven't seen a picture of him, go to our Instagram. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I got a couple more things to cover. And then when all the segments you know and love are going to come rolling into the picture, please, 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 please empty your lint dryer every single time. Okay? Do the laundry right, folks. We'll see you on the other side. This is Jimi Hendrix's autopsy report. It's barely more than a page in length. The amount of information in here is very sparse. There's no evidence of injury on him. So I think we can pretty much rule out that there's inflicted trauma 
that resulted in the death of Jimi Hendrix. I need to look at other possibilities for why Jimi Hendrix died. Jimi was a huge, huge drug merchant. He, he would take pills, he, uh, he would uh, smoke dope, he would take cocaine, he would take everything, really. Toxicology shows Jimi is mixing both alcohol and amphetamines. I think Jimi was in a, a kind of eye of the storm, really. And that, some of that storm that was swirling around him were people who were really not very nice people at all. I've been looking at this statement made by the emergency room physician who took care of Jimmy in the hospital. And he does mention that there's a considerable amount of alcohol in his throat. This is a perplexing statement and it's fueled this disturbing theory that Jimi Hendrix had been murdered. <laughs> Second segment time. Time for all the segments you know and love. So let's start off a little bit of the Telegraph. Now, the Telegraph wrote an article at telegraph.co.uk covering subject line being Jimi Hendrix murder theory plausible, says ER doctor. Mm -hmm. The doctor who attempted to revive legendary guitarist Jimi Hendrix on the night he died has said it is plausible that he was murdered. So, this article written by Aslan Simpson on July of 2009 basically kind of spells this out. So, John Bannister, the on-call registrar at the now-closed St. Mary Abbott's Hospital in Kensington, said in an interview that the patient seemed to have drowned in a large amount of red wine. Like I said, it was just a copious amount, a big, large lump. The account fits with one given by James Tappy Wright, a 65-year-old former road manager who worked for Hendrick's manager, Mike Jeffrey. Wright has claimed in a new book that indebted Jeffrey had taken out a $2 million life insurance policy on the star amid concerns about his increased drug track drug taking, and he told him Hendrix was worth more to him dead than alive. Well, that if he if he kind of go through his troubles in the seventies, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, him quitting concerts like two songs in. Mm-hmm. I get it. He alleges that Jeffrey confessed to him that he ordered the killing a month before his death in a wow. plane crash. The official version of Hendrix's death at the age of twenty-seven is that he died from choking on vomit after a drug overdose. Now. <laughs> Wright's version is that Hendrix was killed on the orders of Jeffrey by a gang who broke into his hotel room and forced wine and painkillers down his throat until he drowned. Mr. Bannister, 67, I know, a couple of jackasses, <laughs> said 
He had no idea who Hendrix was when he arrived early on the morning of September 18th, 1970, but remembers being perplexed by his height. Hmm. He was hanging over the table we had him on by about 10 inches, he told the Times newspaper. He said he fought to resuscitate him, but there were no hope. There was no hope of survival. Quote, we worked very hard for about an hour and a half. I'm sorry. Strike that. Reverse it. Half an hour. But there was no response at all. It really was an exercise in futility. He Mm. said, quote, somebody said to me, you know who that was, right? That was Jimi Hendrix. And of course I said, who's Jimi Hendrix? Oh my gosh. He said that Wright's description in his memoir, Rock Roadster, of Hendrix's demise, quote, sounded plausible because of the volume of wine. Quote, the amount of wine that was over him was extraordinary. Not only was it saturated right through his hair and shirt, but his lungs. Wow. His lungs and stomach were absolutely full of wine. I've never seen so much wine. We had a sucker that you put down into his trachea, the entrance to his lungs and the hole of the back of his throat. We kept sucking him out and it kept surging and surging. He had already vomited up masses of red wine and would have thought there was half a bottle of wine in his hair already. He was already really drowned in a massive amount of red wine. Bannister I've not- had almost an entire <laughs> bottle of wine. This sounds like he had like a couple cases of wine. Important post-credit. Bannister, that gentleman, now lives in Sydney and worked as a doctor until 1992 when he was deregistered Oops. for fraudulent conduct. Oh. And my last little bit to throw out there is, was Jimi Hendrix murdered, legendary rocker waterboarded with wine by mafia hitmen? This is according... According to the dailystar.co.uk, all of UK listeners, what's up? You guys tell the truth, right? I'm hoping. The legendary rock star was found dead in a flat in Notting Hill, London, on September 18th, 1970, aged just 27. Tests on his body found he had choked to death on his own vomit after consuming a mixture of red wine and sleeping tablets. But an inquest recorded at an open verdict with the official cause of Hendrick's death remaining a mystery. Over the past 47 years, some of Jimmy's friends and colleagues have spoken out about his final hours. And I actually saw a YouTube video about a guy that wrote a book just from interviewing people that knew Jimi Hendrix about how this was not suicide. This was not just a rock star being crazy after a paranoid night of rocking and deciding to just off himself. So... Now, over the past 47 years, some of Jimmy's friends and colleagues have spoken out about his final hours with some pointing the finger at his British manager, Mike Jeffrey, the guy that supposedly worked for MI6, but who knows? We're all secret agents, I guess. We work for the government. One band wrote, he even insisted the suspected former CIA man even confessed to the murder a year after the guitarist's death. Hendrix was one of the highest paid musicians in the world by the end of 1969 after Wood the Woodstock Festival reportedly with a net worth of 175 million. Whoa! Jeez. Yeah. But after months of hard drug abuse and failing gigs, there was more pressure than ever on the Seattle-born star to perform. The Hey Joe singer had split with his band Jimi Hendrix Experience and joined up with his old bassist Billy Cox and drummer Buddy Miles to record a live album forming the band of the Gypsies. 
Manager Jeffrey was unhappy with Hendricksworth ethic and was trying to secure long-term deals to pay off heavy outgoings. At the new band's third gig in January of 70, Jimmy looked subdued, walked off stage after just three songs. I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the only time. No, it wasn't. Bandmate Miles later claimed Jeffrey had given Hendrix LSD in an attempt to sabotage the new band. Jeffrey fired Miles and Cox quit immediately. Hendrix was then forced to reform his old band and abandon more gigs in Denmark and Germany and by September 6, 1970. He returned to his home in London and told of how he was going to drop Jeffrey as a manager. Now, according to Sharon Lawrence, Hendrix's journalist friend and confidant, he told her, Michael Jeffrey, quote, told me from the beginning that he'd handle it, but he's selling me out. Rumors of a secret tax haven in the Bahamas emerged that Jeffrey had allegedly been dropping funds into. In a segment of Alex Constantine's 2000 book, The Covert War Against Rock, it reads, quote, Friends of Hendrix confiscated financial documents from his New York office and turned them over to Jimmy. One show that he was supposed to be $10,000 a gig was in fact grossing $50,000. According to historian R. Gary Peterson, quote, Jimmy Hendrix was upset that large amounts of his money were missing. That's understandable. Yeah. If you're making a million dollars a gig, but getting paid 10000 <laughs> for you and your band. To split, yeah. Where, what's going on? I mean, $10,000 is a lot of money, but I'm just Especially saying. the 70s. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, really? Still, you're still getting ripped off. You are. So, on September 18th, 1970, the guitarist was found unresponsive by his supposed girlfriend, Monica Danaman, in her flat in Notting Hill. And there's a picture of that, which we will post on our Instagram. He was taken to St. Mary Abbott's Hospital by ambulance, but was later declared dead. She claimed that the two had shared a bottle of wine before both taking sleeping tablets and going to bed in the early hours of the morning. Speaking five years after the incident, she told Caesar Glebeck, a Hendrix biographer, she had woke at 9 a.m. to find Jimmy not breathing. Despite initially telling cops she believed he had overdosed on pills, she allegedly told Glebeck, quote, I believe that he got poisoned, that he actually got murdered. There is something really behind the whole thing, and there's quite a powerful group behind all that. I think it is the mafia. Now, Reg Jones, a paramedic who attended the scene, told later of how the door had been flung wide open, and they'd known he was dead as soon as they walked into the room. While John Bannister, the on-call registrar, also told the Times in 2000, quote, the amount of wine that was over him was extraordinary. Not only was it saturated right through his hair and shirt, but his lungs and stomach were absolutely full of wine. I've never seen so much. I've, I would have thought there was a half a, a bottle of wine in his hair. He had really drowned in a massive amount of red wine. Coroner results earlier only revealed a small amount of wine in his bloodstream and liver. So it's almost like a setup. To me, it looks like they tried to make it look worse than it was, and mm-hmm. what what it was wasn't what it what it was really was mm. at the time many asked the question quote who killed Jimi Hendrix which is what we're aiming to do tonight according to Constantine's book Chas Chandler Hendrix's producer said after his death quote I don't believe for one minute that he killed himself that was out of the question unquote now a lot of the documentaries that I watched about this whole murder conspiracy really do cite the fact that he was, yes, he was paranoid, but he was on a lot of downers and uppers. 
and in betweeners. But at the same time, like he was a happy guy and he loved people, his friends and his fans. Obviously he had a tight, 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 tight bond with Clapton. They're kind of painting this as either suicide or murder and accidental death is a pretty darn good concept to get behind. Yes. I understand that too. Now, Ed Chaplin, proprietor of Studio 76, quote says, I believe the circumstances surrounding his death are suspicious, and I think he was murdered. And now, in May of 2009, James Tappy Wright claimed Hendrick's manager Jeffrey had murdered the guitarist. Wright told U.S. show Autopsy the final hours in 2016, quote, Mike Jeffrey told me how he did it. He had a couple friends used an old army trick. It's called waterboarding now. You can pour liquid straight into the lungs and drown them. Nobody wants to get waterboarded with red wine. <laughs> it stains your teeth. It's unsightly <laughs> on a first date. Single dad 2018. Weird we'll tongue color. The roadie for the animals who Jeffrey also managed claimed he confessed to him a year later to having Hendricks killed to claim the guitarist's $1 million life insurance. There's little evidence to find out if a claim was lodged or returned on. Jeffrey died, like I said, in 73, aged 39, just three years after Hendrix passed. And one biographer theorist claims on his blog, Ready, Steady, Gone, quote, those who believe that Mike Jeffrey was directly responsible for Hendrix's death argue that he was financially better off without Hendrix out of the picture, with Hendrix out of the picture. They say that Mike Jeffrey would have received a payout on Hendrix's life insurance and that his income from Hendrix was due to end within months because of the expiring of the Hendrix Jeffrey contract of, or because Hendrix was about to sack him, which is true. He was going to leave him as a manager and go to a new label. And that's something you got to think about when you weigh your verdict folks. Mm-hmm. But before we get to a verdict, we got to get down on a little bit of pop culture. It's time for the pop culture minute. minute Josh. Guys, I want to ask you a question. Because obviously Hendrix songs have appeared in everything. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite moment in a film or TV show that a Jimi Hendrix song shows up and Ryan goes last? Because April's a lady. I honestly couldn't say. I'm. That's fine. I, I can't think of one. I know what mine is. <laughs> Go ahead, Larry. When Hulk Hogan comes out to Voodoo Child, WCW. <laughs> nice. It's Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Okay, fine. Wayne's World. I am shocked. When in Wayne's World, Foxy Lady, when he sees the girl that he loves at the donut shop. Oh yeah, yep. Foxy. I laughed even as a kid, and I didn't even know what that song was. It was just the way that Dana Carvey carried it out. (laughs) It was amazing. I'm still surprised that he didn't pick all along the Watchtower from Watchmen. That's great too, but I he has his favorite. That that's the one that speaks to me. Yeah. Anytime I think of Jimi Hendrix, I think of Wayne's World, honestly. I, I don't we all. <laughs> because, yeah, I'm the same way. It's definitely Wayne's World. Okay. <laughs> so, 
as I said, obviously the guy has appeared in a lot of stuff, his music especially, uh, and there's been a lot of documentaries, but I wanted to mo- just talk about one movie that was made because it's an actual movie movie called Jimmy All Is By My Side. It was a movie made in 2013. It is a drama. It's uh, Hendrix is played by Andre Benjamin. Oh, wow. Now, I didn't know from from, uh, the great Andre Benjamin from the. He's a singer, right? Isn't he the. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Andre 2000 or whatever. Andre 3000. 3000, whatever. He uh, skipped a century. (laughs) A couple centuries. Andre 1789. Not to be confused with his son, Andre (laughs) 4000. He was an outcast. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah, he this movie that he was in, it was he's he plays as Jimi Hendrix and it's pretty much a his his career uh the beginning and going to the end. It's no different than say uh The Doors film. So, uh, the Oliver Stone movie with uh uh Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, right. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know if any of you guys have seen this. I asked April, she has never seen it. I've seen it before. It's fantastic. What's up? This movie? This oh no, I haven't seen it. I w- is it on Netflix or Amazon? Do you know that? I cannot answer because I was on. <laughs> Check it out. I torn it. Now it's Terrarium the reviews it. on it. I mean, Cody it. If you look at it, the budget was a five million dollar budget, and they only made about a million back. Oops. It, did you hear the new Kevin Spacey movie only made 150 bucks? Yeah, first it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like 20 people I, bought tickets to it. I think we could make a movie and make more than yeah, that. Yeah, we could. Sure. We, I know, I know for a fact we could. <laughs> poor, poor, poor people that worked on that movie. Fuck you, Kevin Spacey. Now I can't like a lot of movies. Right. I have seen the movie though, and even though it did not make a lot of money, it's fine. It's it's like a B movie, B, okay. B plus. So go check it out. Uh, Is it fun to watch? Like, do they do a good job, like set direction and like set decoration and like old school 70s stuff? He 60s? looks great. The, okay. the the flaw in the movie is this: when you go into it, they do not play any Hendrix music. Didn't get the rights. Ooh, they could, they, they could not get that. the rights to the I film. So what they did do was. Uh, the guy who composed the soundtrack to the film wrote a lot of inspired music because that's all they could do. Yeah, it's not gonna, it's it's not gonna work. And no. that's the reason why it yeah. did get bad reviews in some cases. Side question before we end this segment: What's your favorite mu- movie about a musician who is either past or is alive today? Jeez, I know what mine is really quick. Off the top of my head, I'm going to say it's The Doors. Even though I'm not the biggest Doors fan, uh, I like the movie. It's trippy, and Val Kilmer is just great. For me, I'd say it's a toss-up between Walk the Line about Johnny Cash. I love that movie. They really didn't do him justice, though. But I think Joaquin Phoenix uh, and Reese Witherspoon did excellent jobs uh, singing in that movie. Um, my favorite though would probably have to be Nowhere Boy about John Lennon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a fascinating movie and uh, I believe it's Aaron Rodgers did an awesome job playing I John Lennon. I should watch that. I haven't seen that yet. <gasps> Dude, you're missing out. It's so good. I'm think, I think that one is on Netflix. Okay, I'll check it out. Lawrence? NWO. 
or NWA. I'm sorry. Oh, so <laughs> you're going with the? Uh, I mean, straight out of Compton movie. Yeah, I mean, Ice Cube's son looks and sounds, mm-hmm. and it's it just has a great movie. Yeah. That movie made me want to punch a wall out. Yeah. Like I got so hyped afterwards. Yeah. I, I I didn't realize I liked rap that much until I watched that. Like I was just like, oh god, these songs are so engrossed mm. and like my. Then blood. I got to see both of them live. I know. This year, mm-hmm. Lawrence actually went and saw. Uh, she was. Ice, it was Ice. Cube. It was Ice Cube and um, DJ Yella and um, MC Ren, and then Ice Cube's son was also rapping. Nice. And that Ice is- T was there. I mean, the Dog oh. Pound. It was a great show. Wow. I'm gonna second uh, April's Walk the Line. That movie. Now, when you say the Dewey Cox story, well, like, Walk uh, Hard, Walk Hard well, is also great. No, I'm I'm not even joking when I say literally this. Walk the Line is my favorite musician movie ever. <laughs> walk Hard is literally one of my favorite comedies, if not in yeah. my top. It's in. It's literally <laughs> in my top three. I laughed so hard watching that. Tim movie. Meadows going like Meryl, it, can't, it literally can't even it kill can't you. Do anything. I want it. Give it to me. <laughs> I think that being said, wrong no. kid, dad. I'm very excited for the Bohemian Rhapsody movie that's coming am, out later this year. I'm, I'm feeling it's going to be highly uh, disappointing because the way that Sasha Baron Cohen has been talking about how he dropped out because they wanted three quarters of the movie to be about after the death of mm. of uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I, I'm just I'm, saying that I'm excited that's because supposedly the, three quarters of the movie is not even about right. <laughs> And the they greatest out, musician, one of the greatest. And I mean, they took out all the, the the party stuff, like the legendary parties aren't even in the movie. Mm-hmm. Or which which I would say, check out Off Tempo Podcast because he covered a great story about mm-hmm. um about Queen, about him being with uh, Princess, Princess Di, Di. which mm-hmm. is across to our Princess Diana episode. Indeed. Look, here's the thing: Synergy. Freddie Mercury was literally the front man that. Equals Jimi Hendrix, that equals all those musicians that we've listed, that we've talked about today. Like he, he's amazing. So I really do believe. Like, yes, we all want to see it, even on the naysayers. But at the same time, we want it to be good. I'm the naysayer. Oh no, I understand. But you still would. Look I hope to, it's going to be good. I, I really, really hope they be. looked at it. And went, you know what? Maybe we should actually. Yeah, but the band has control over it, and they're the ones still alive. So. And they've got Tupperware to sell. All right. Well, that's been and your pop boxes. Yeah, probably. That's been your pop culture. I wish Jimmy was still alive today. Um, he, how old would he be now? 72 or something 70? like Okay, so if he was 27 at 70, and we add maybe? 40 to that, that's uh, 67. Okay. So 40 would put us at 2010, plus 8 would put him at 3 plus 5 would be 75. would be old as shit. So he'd probably be done doing music stuff, but He's... Paul McCartney's still out there. Yeah. Is that right? He'd be 75 now. 75, yep. That's your math segment. Now it's time to get down on a little bit of our Yahoo Answers. Yahoo! 
Now, I think you brought up a pretty valid point when you asked, like, what would it be like if Jimi Hendrix was still alive, right? So I thought that would be a pretty interesting question to pose to the Yahoo community. So we asked, if Jimi Hendrix never died, what do you think he would have to say today? Uh, The best answer by Anna was maybe have a few more years of musical revolution and then continue along the same line. What was new wouldn't be new anymore, but he would remain the greatest living guitarist and I think musician of the last 60 years. It's Uh, nice to know that people still would consider him that great, you know, because people are so shitty on the internet. Do you think he'd be a complainer complaining about how grunge was awful? And another question, would he be a Trumper? Ooh, no. Do you think he would have slid right? Like OJ as he got older. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. TikTok, motherfucker. Make America guitar again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is Jimi Hendrix here for Aunt Jemima Pancakes. Oh, no. (laughs) God. Uh, (laughs) Product placement? I mean, yeah. Yeah. All that is a real... Like, he'd be selling F-150s. Oh, God. Yeah. Being pushed out on a mm-hmm. wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Goody wrote just Purple Haze. That's all. That was his only comment was Purple good, Haze. Great song. Right. Yep. Uh, user Ralph wrote, did you ever listen to an old blues musician or jazz musician interviewed? I think it would be similar. Just the times and places change. Okay. Uh, user Lefty wrote, have you ever been to Electric Ladyland? And hey, waiter, where my apple pie at? <laughs> Anytime I hear the term electric ladyland, I just imagine that's like dildo time. Yeah. It's time Uh, for electric ladyland. Josh is gone with his boys tonight. So it's time for electric Electric ladyland. We're taking a trip. Um, That user also wrote. My bad. Yeah. Uh, He was a great musician and I never thought of him joining Emerson Lake and Palmer, but it would have been interesting. They needed more guitar. That actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those butterfly effect things because you can't, you can't, you can't see what would have happened mm-hmm. post him dying. But like, he he was kind of a session gu- guitar player before he actually made. Would have joined something with Trent Reznor in the nineties. Yeah, with <laughs> David Bowie, it would have been amazing. Oh yeah, with Clapton. Mm-hmm. Clapton loved him. Yeah, I'm sure they would have done something. Now he loved Clapton. He was also actually, according to the, excuse me, the documentary I watched, he was a huge, <laughs> he was a huge fan of Townsend mm-hmm. from the Who. Yeah. Who are you? That was well placed. Uh, okay, so user Meep Meep wrote, "What the heck are these kids listening today to today? Junk." Uh, user oh, hater. I know. User Valkyrie wrote he'd probably be as coherent as Ozzy. Mm. Uh, uh, no. Yeah, with all the yeah, maybe be like punch drunk. Mm-hmm. Probably. You know yeah. what? Yeah, maybe. I just I, I like to think that he would be better. Yeah. I think Blackett. What do you think he had his his sobering up period? Do you think? Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, I'm also black men aged more gracefully than white black men. Black don't crack. Mm-hmm. Like think about the fact that what's uh, Samuel Jackson is like. I think he's in his seventies mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. And he's literally the same badass he was in mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. 
I'm just hoping I have a little black in me. I'm not cracking yet. <laughs> I don't have gray. There's really, I don't have, I'm 42. There's no. You look good. Yeah. Lawrence. A little gray in the beard, I yeah, guess. a little bit. I like the gray. It's yeah. very sophisticated. It is. I have a couple strands here and there, but that's about it. I'm like, fearing the pubes. I have like a weird tuft, like right yeah. here. Like that's when the pubes go gray that I'm scared of. <laughs> yeah, Sam Jackson will be 70 December 21st. 70, so okay. Sure. So he's still 69, which is cool because he can dig that number. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. If Jimi Hendrix never died, what do you think he would say today? User Kathleen wrote, he would say, get me out of this coffin. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Because, of course. Uh, He's in a coffin. Yep. Uh, And then my favorite, because, you know, there's Zombie Hendrix. There's always one. Translate? Yep. Yeah. I'm at paintings, so I'm merely going to assume that I hate the conceal. (laughs) They butchered a classic and took the soul out of it. Perhaps later, I'm going to rather pay attention to it to work out if I'm perfect or no longer. M.A. If Jimmy got here out at present, which no cultural reference factor of an era of... This always make me laugh. Of an era of folk... This tour guide is broken. Asserting he's the terrific guitarist ever. I might nonetheless celebrate along with his stuff. He nonetheless has a thoroughly unique sound that no person has been waiting to reproduction. (laughs) And we've had 40 years to objective. At present, guitar hero are technical. Jimmy replaced into uncooked emotion. He is very uncooked. Uncooked, yeah. He ought to easily do something he needed with the guitar. It replaced into like he's seen a noise a guitar could make. And without attempting his theory in the past, he made the noise. I might say that he's the main resourceful guitarist from an improvisation stand element in rock history. There's largely one thank you to try this, and that's to have Jimmy's concepts and familiarity along with his device. Might he have mainstream aim marketplace? <laughs> I don't comprehend. Yet you could actually by no skill underestimate the stupidity of the mainstream aim marketplace. All right, bots, stop answering Yahoo what? Answer. <laughs> We can't understand you. Yep. You fucking flailing bots out there. Just like beeboo, 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 beeboo. Jimmy Hendrix. Wait, what? what? Yeah, exactly. Yep. We can't follow you. That has been your Yahoo Answers. We've hit that time, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for a verdict in one corner for podcasters you trust with your life mm-hmm. come on guys okay we'll drive you home safe mm-hmm. april's an uber <laughs> yeah i'll just strap myself to the roof with a bunch of wine in your belly yep like I was trying to reenact Jimi Hendrix's assassination. In the other corner, he goes to Jimi Hendrix. Also, a mafia guy and his buddies, and a an manager, unlicensed doctor, an unlicensed doctor, an MI6 manager. I don't know, maybe like a chupacabra. I don't know what else would be there. 
there's a lot of there's a lot of randoms to this. I I guess the the main gist of it is Jimi Hendrix in one corner. We got to decide well, how did he die? Mm-hmm. Do we think it was just random partying and things got fucked up, or do we think it was a mafia hit, or maybe his manager wanted to claim on his insurance policy, or maybe just maybe. I don't know. Maybe it was. Who knows? Come up with it. That's anticlimactic. It was yeah. very anticlimactic. Well, I had an idea in my head, and I just it turned into like a salty fart. All right, so Joshua, why don't you start? Since you're so smart, <laughs> I think that he was murdered <gasps> because. Sacre bleu! <laughs> I know. I when I was probably at my worst as an alcoholic, I could put down a lot of booze. But the way that it made that you made it sound with the crime scene, with the the amount of wine around him and his hair and all over, like I get you spill, but like barf. And but the fact that they there was it was his stomach was filled, and that they could see it pooling up. I mean that means there's something lodged. But his stomach was filled with wine too, and I think that with the with the manager that seems fishy, and as well as the doctor. So there's a there's too many things in this that don't add up to me thinking that he just drank too much and had too many pills. So yeah, I'm going to say that I think he was murdered. I couldn't say by whom I, maybe it was a group thing but yeah just too many things in this picture that don't spell out death by accident I like it April what do you got Um, yeah I am actually going to agree with Josh on this one I think what? It was, yeah I think the manager had, had too many reasons um to get rid of him and especially if he knew that he was on the chopping block he knew um his time had kind of it's not like you can try him he died in 73 three years after that i mean you can't you can't even really suss this out i don't know who you're gonna like pull up to the yeah exactly and yeah i think it's super suspect that like his hair was soaked in wine and there was just i just picture like a mafia guy like yeah here you pour it all over his face (laughs) he looks like a real alcoholic (laughs) Yeah, it's like it, my brother Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, like take this. Off. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but That's yeah, I think kind of what it looks like. Uh, yeah, it. Um, I think waterboarding would be um the most logical in my perspective. Wow, shoops. I like it. Well, Larry's the naysayer, so let's see what he's got to he's say. He's about to say a nay. Literally, everything adds up to an. Honestly, every single thing adds up to an accidental death. Right on. He's got, he's still got wine in his belly. He's got it in his lungs. He's puked it all over his face and his hair. He's taken seven sleeping pills. Nine. 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 (laughs) Everything literally adds up to an accidental death. I have been around people who have puked on their back. It is like you got to turn them over to the side quick Mm -hmm. because that's what it does. It just, it just goes like a toxic place. Avenger face. Yeah, everything just <laughs> adds up to an accidental death. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm gonna side with Larry. I hate to say it that way, 
I got deep on this one and I agree with you guys. And I was so close to thinking it was probably set up. But my one thing about it is, is his paranoia, mm-hmm. which I didn't delve into enough, but it's hard to explain that so people can understand it. But the guy was black in 1970 and he was the biggest rock star on the, the planet. The FBI had files on him and yes. he knew it. And they had run-ins galore. Like this is this is paranoia to its extreme. I can't imagine what he needed to do to get to sleep at night. So I'm gonna say he fucked up on red wine. Also, the whole thing that just because someone has could possibly have a reason to murder, I could, I have uh, financially, I could murder my wife right now and make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I'm going to murder my right. wife. I think right. it's all circumstantial. The fact that his manager also worked. Yeah, he, he okay, sure, he could have made a lot of money. That doesn't mean he's a horrible person who wants to murder people. Mm-hmm. Right. We never really got the facts straight about him, but he died before that. Mm-hmm. And that's the creepy thing. Right. Because if I didn't go this verdict the way that I'm going now, I would say that, that is a little that definitely throws a little you know gas on I the would, fire. I would definitely say that it was probably his manager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's no yeah, I mean, but then I mean, they, there's no proof that he was that type of person, anyways. True, we don't know his stature as a human being, but that has been your verdict. Great. Now I've just incriminated myself. My wife passes away in the next <laughs> couple weeks. I'm going to tell Aaron to write a little note in her pocket that says, Larry did it, yep. just in case. If there's anybody <laughs> other than the Shoops who love each other immensely that I trust that love each other that much, it's Aaron and Larry. So, Lawrence, yes. before we get into these last couple segments, it is time for us to get quizzical. Let's get Jimmy's vocals on that are so good. They're oh, I know. Amazing. Since Jimi Hendrix is a classic rock god, let's do a classic rock quiz. Mm. Josh is going to win. Yep. Mm. He's got a market on this. He won't admit it. He'll say, oh, boy, April, run away with it. <laughs> Question number one. In 1971, Led Zeppelin album, also known as Led Zeppelin IV, features four symbols on the cover. One of them pictures a circle around a feather. Which band member chose this symbol? Josh. Josh. John Paul Jones. That is incorrect. What was the image on the... A circle around a feather. Um, I'll say Ryan. Uh... Robert Plant. Or, yeah, Robert Plant. That is correct. Josh now pretending he knew the answer in the first place. <laughs> Question <laughs> number two. I should have known you would have picked Robert Plant, though. That's the worst part. What was the title of the second album that The Who released in the United States? Do you have a multiple choice? A, In the City, B, Happy Jack, C, The Who Sellout, or D, A Quick One? Josh. Josh. The Who Sellout. That is incorrect. Ryan. Ryan. Happy Jack. That is correct. The original title, a quick one, was deemed too sexually themed for United States release. I love the who. Fucking Puritans. 
<laughs> oh, this is an... Oh, you know, we'll throw an easy one out there. Question number three. Which rock group can be directly associated with Led Zeppelin, the Jeff Beck group, and Derek and the Dominoes? Josh. Josh. Yardbirds. That is correct. Good man. <laughs> two to one. Let's do a Jimmy one. Question number four. Which Jimi Hendrix song was the first one to use the famous wah-wah pedal? Ryan. Ryan. What? You're saying song or album? Song. Oh, uh, Voodoo Child. That is correct. Three to one, nothing. Nice. And question number five. Worth 17 points. What inspired John Pash to create the famous lips and tongue logo for the Rolling Stones? A, Einstein's gesture. A, a red t-shirt. B, a red t-shirt he was wearing. C, Jagger's mouth. Or D, Chupa Chupas. Josh. Josh. I'm going to go with C. Jagger's mouth. And you'd be correct. Hey, yo. I told you and you Josh would win. wins. You won you the answered three of them. He won 18 to three. Do you think I really care at the end of the day? I just I, love hanging with my friends. I care. Oh, shit. I better pull out a fucking iPhone because we got to do something next here. Guys, guys, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, did we have a good time tonight? Of course. Did we learn something? I think so. We need to listen to all the Jimi Hendrix. Mm, All the five albums worth. Yep. Which is actually, it's funny because there's a song that I listened to today I've never even heard of from uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix t- today. Wow, which is interesting because I've I've been around. I think for you've a while. heard them all. You you would definitely think you've heard them all. Supposedly, he has like hundreds of tracks that were never released. Good, kind of like Prince. Prince because yeah. the Prince family is now releasing shit. All this garbage that Prince never wanted released in the first place. And you listen, you're like, this is awful. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. Okay, so guess what, guys? What are we doing? We're doing five star shout out. Five, 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 five star review. We got to start off with Brian Douglas. Who gave us five stars. Thank you. Ever since I stumbled across this podcast, I've nearly binged through all a hundred some episodes at work. Wow. That's not good for you, dude. And driving around. <laughs> it feeds my need of conspiracies and keeps me laughing. So keep up the good work. And you guys got a platinum in quality podcasting. Brian, thank you for saying all those. You get a platinum in quality listening. Right. In- indeed. Indeed. <laughs> So, we have our next one coming in here in just a second. This just happened on iTunes. Wow. Nick2003 says, funny, educational, and energetic. Do we, we do In that it? order, we're pretty low energy. <laughs> you think we're low energy? No. Well, we're yeah. animated. <laughs> I think a lot of the energy comes from the fact that we're all friends. Yeah. Like we, yes. all, we all actually get along with each other. So he's a good context mixed in with humor. Nicked. Thank you so much. Now, this one came in today. Mm. Kenny Carvalho says five stars isn't enough. Wow. 
You guys are bad effing ass. You helped my two-hour commute to work. I need more therapy. You might get more in season three. It's just up to you whether you want to buy into it. But thank you, Kenny. There is nothing I love more than hearing that you guys enjoy this show. Honestly, mm-hmm. like it's it's a it's a big deal to me. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's we we all do this as like uh, kind of a thing that we. My fucking iPad froze. Oh no. <laughs> I'm trying to open some. There, I Josh have one just more. accidentally zoomed in on some chick's boobies. Yeah, when we when we do these, <laughs> so dumb. I had another one that you guys needed to hear, and she literally should have been shouted out last week. Now, now I'm looking at my notifications, and uh, so guys, well, thank hey. you for so many five star shoutouts. April, April, well, tell us well, a story. If you want to find that one? I do have a quick story um, that I want to give a shout out to. Unfortunately, I don't remember her name. I'm a bad host. Shame. She'll remember though. She will remember. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out to the young lady who works at BioLife Plasma on Kenowa in Granville, Michigan. Uh, thank you for listening and thank you for like noticing that I was wearing a conspiracy therapy shirt. That honestly, out of the entire time that we've been doing this, that's probably the coolest moment I've had. It's like, wow, someone I don't know and I don't know who her friends are because she said her friends mm-hmm. were the ones that um, told her to listen to the podcast. That really like gave me some deep insight on mm-hmm. how far we have I mean we see every every week where the downloads are right. coming from and how but really like in an actual physical sense how far it reaches and that was really cool. So thanks for listening. Keep listening and uh, I'll see you on Saturday when I get my finger poked. And if you are a good friend, spread the word. Yeah, no, it, it, honestly it means a lot to us. We we try really hard to I mean, we we don't try super hard. We're not trying to like. <laughs> we don't try too hard. We're not trying to like push people out of wheel carts and like, hey, <laughs> like a handicapped person in a wheelchair. We're like, listen to conspiracy therapy. It's just like my legs don't work. We're just asking to be a good brother. I want to say this episode is dedicated to my girl Amanda Marie Baker. I didn't get her shout out in on the last episode, but she tequila. <laughs> Tequila, Amanda, I'm sorry. So she said, Love all you guys. I laugh at every episode, and the mispronunciation speaks to me. I get it, girl. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like, Amanda? This one's for you. So, physicians. Yeah. <laughs> if we didn't hit you up, I promise you'll be there next time. We got a lot of shout outs this week. Mm hmm. We fucking love you guys. Like, honest to God, thank you for listening. And that's been your five-star shoutouts. Josh. Hey. Where are you when you're not here? Oh, yeah. Off-Tempo Podcast. It's our music history podcast. You can find that on Facebook and Podbean and Spotify. 
Sweet. April, where are you? Well, if you listen to this podcast, you think, you know what? I'd like a little less Ryan. You should come check out the Potty Slam podcast because literally the all of us but Ryan mm-hmm. are on there. Mm-hmm. It's a wrestling history podcast where you can uh, listen to stories from the locker room and beyond. Uh, we are out with a brand new episode every Friday. You can check us out on Facebook and mm-hmm. Twitter and Potomatic. I can't wait to hear that one because that was the disciplinarian mm-hmm. yeah, episode. That was my- April fucked up. April does three minutes of stand up on the newest episode. Yeah, I do. I do stand up and I drink a 52 ounce Slurpee in like 20 minutes. Oh, boy. Lawrence? EFISpodcast.net if you love baseball history. And I want to thank Nicole Wagner for giving us a shout out. She is a up and coming country musician. Check out her album and the sky caught fire. Oh, I like that name. Sounds dangerous. Yeah, sky probably shouldn't catch on no. fire. She's very pretty too. That's, that's on up there with like Cleveland's river Single catching her. She is, she is, she is, she is an attractive lady. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you should check out at conspiracy T show where we drop episodes every Monday on our Twitter conspiracy therapy show at gmail.com. If you want to send us episode suggestions like our Facebook, join our closed group because that's where I posted April stand up. From Potty it's, Slam. It's a cool club where only the cool kids hang out. So yep. if you want to be a cool kid, you probably join, join the group. It. Join it. Also, like us on Facebook. Like I said, if you're going to be there, you might as well like us on Facebook. And rate and review. Every five star gets a shout out on yeah. this show. That's a thing that we do. Conspiracy. Four stars. You get a spanking. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash conspiracy. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash conspiracy therapy podcast to get our swag. Please check us out on all the things. Please rate and review. Please hang out. You know, we love you guys. We honestly, we're at a point now where we can actually like comment back and like, we appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And like today I dropped uh, Larry's SoundCloud because he's working on an album. And also I really want everybody to follow Josh twitch.tv slash Bobo maybe because I think after a drunk tacular, we're going to probably do a big old quiplash session. Yes, for sure. Which would be a lot of fun to interact with our fans because we really love you guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's about it. I mean... Can you think of anything? Uh, like our Instagram. Yes. Check out our Facebook. Shop, mm-hmm. shop at our yes. shop dot spreadshirt. Also, we have something else. What what else do the we vote. have? The vote. The vote. Exactly. Thank vote. you. This last week before August ends, actually, we have a pretty t- uh, sort of tight. It's between Roanoke and uh, Jack the Ripper. So please come on to our Facebook and vote for what episode we're going to cover for the fan vote next month. And that's about it. Anybody have anything else they want to throw out there before we close this bitch out? I like big fluffy pancakes and I want my cock. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. I really Stirking do. Stirking the spings. I love that one. Hypnotized. If you guys ever need to scream Zanzizi's a BB at like a I don't know, an inanimate object, or maybe a test, or maybe something that pisses you off, Mm -hmm. just do it. Yeah. And know that we love you. Yep. And we'll see you next week. Zenzizi Zenbibi. On another episode of Conspiracy Therapy. Have a great one, guys. Hey, Joe. Where you going with that gun in your hand? 
Presentation of Beer City Media. 